welcome you into the house of God tonight. Amen. You ready to lift your voices with us? Come on, let's do it. Yeah, we're going to sing it out tonight. Join with us and sing. Church, we want to welcome you into the, his house tonight. As we lift up a shout of praise tonight with our voices and give him thanks. Come on. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Sing it. Sing it. See? 
our champion church amen you ever call him that you ever say lord you're the champion of heaven lord you are the champion of heaven you made a way for all to enter in what a powerful statement lord that we can make lord thank you so much lord for being our champion lord that no matter lord what comes our way lord you are the champion of heaven that makes a way for all to enter in for all to enter in. Thank you, Lord, for your comfort, Lord. Thank you for this time. Give him praise tonight. Come on, that's right. He deserves it. You're our champion, Jesus. And the way you connect, Lord, is our way with worship tonight, Lord. And we thank you for this time together, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, our champion, Lord. We pray, Lord, for those, Lord, that weren't able to make it here tonight, Lord, but maybe they're online, Lord. I'm just praying that they're able to experience just a little bit about what we're experiencing here in this moment, Jesus. This time with you, Lord, and um, thank you for your comfort, Lord. For those that are seeking comfort in this place tonight, Lord, I say comfort them, Lord. For those that are in here, Lord, tonight, Lord, just celebrating lord the goodness of our god lord because there's a triumph and there's a win in their in their aisle right now lord we say thank you for that win lord lord the bottom line lord is that at the end of it all lord you win and lord we understand lord that you're sovereign lord and we thank you for your sovereignty lord and this time together lord is all that matters right now lord being together with you jesus in our time of worship lord you truly make us brave lord Thank you, Lord, for our time of worship tonight. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Give him glory tonight. Give him praise. Come on. Yeah. Church, it's such a joy to be with you tonight um, as we wrap up here. And uh, you're sitting next to somebody tonight. I want you to reach over and just thank them. Just shake their hand and say, thanks for coming tonight. It's such a joy to have you in this place tonight. Amen.
I don't know. They get your attention. That's what they do with the kids. I don't know. I just always wanted to do that. Miss Jessica's going to get mad that I use that bell. Hey, church, we want to welcome you into his house tonight. My name is Michael Romero, your worship and arts pastor here at New Beginnings Church. And I count it a joy and a pleasure and a privilege to be up here with you this evening. We want to welcome you and I welcome them from home as well. If you're live streaming or maybe you're streaming on the way to church, you might be running a little behind. But, or maybe you're listening to our podcast that you can download on one of your podcasting networks. Uh, but church, we want to welcome you nonetheless. Uh, tonight is just a night full of blessing. You can tell uh, it is set up for our VBS week, and I'm so happy that so many of you are here tonight to enjoy what's happening and to witness firsthand what the Lord is, gonna, what the Lord is doing, has been doing this week in the lives of the young people here at New Beginnings. And by young people, I'm talking NB kids, not necessarily our young adults or youth, but I'm talking about the little guys. Can we celebrate that department, NB kids? <laughs> Sister Jessica Ramirez and her team are just... Such a dedicated team. And you'll see some of the, like, you see Kristen up here with her stellar shirt. She's a crew leader. And so it's not just NB Kids. It's the church as a whole that said, hey, we want to bless these kids. So I celebrate every single one of them as well and you for being a part of it as well. But church, uh, here in a little bit, um, we're going to turn over the platform. But a couple of things I wanted to talk to you about uh, before we turn it over to Pastor Richard. Church, uh, we've been talking about this amazing event that we're going to be having on August the 5th in support of under his construction and the work that they do in the community. So church, um, it's going to be a night of just a bunch of fun. We have a comedian coming in from across the country. His name is Ken Kington. Funny, hilarious guy. So if you like comedy, a, a, a clean night out with the family. Church, I invite you to be a part of it. Matter of fact, I want you to watch something, just a little sneak peek of what you're going to have that night. for a while I said man when you get married you never get to do anything you want to do ever again I've been married 14 years that's not true I do whatever I want to do it's just now I have to ask my wife what it is I want to do <laughs> vacuum okay good thing I asked could have sworn I wanted to play golf today would look like a moron doing this out there. <laughs> Worst five words any husband will ever hear. Worst five words. Do you notice anything different? I've been married 14 years. I have yet to get that right. I started going through the list. Is it your hair? Uh, your nails? Did we have another child? <laughs> Here we go. And all the married people said, hey, man, man, it's, it's funny because it's true, right? Am I the only married guy in here? No? All right, maybe. I don't know. Maybe I'm the only one going through that. I was doing yard work this last week, and I thought about that exact same thing. And I said, man, this is not what I wanted to do today. It not, was not on my honey-do list, but it was on somebody's honey-do list. Somebody won, and it wasn't me. Church, so we want to invite you to that event. It's going to be an amazing event. You know, it's, it's your opportunity. It's our opportunity to support the work that Under His Construction does, not only here at New Beginnings, but outside of the community and what they're doing to transform lives. Under His Construction is a home for men and women that need a hand up and to get back into society that said, you know what, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I need a change in life. And so many testimonials. So many success stories have come out of under his construction. And we want to celebrate Pastor Chris and Pastor Sonia for their hard work. And not only them, but the hard work of every person that has ever been in the program, has supported the program, and has come out of that program. We celebrate them as well. And the work that the Lord has been doing in them and through them as well. So we want to thank them. So if you can support them, church, maybe you can't make it that night. Totally understand Get a ticket still. Invite somebody who you think might be blessed by that awesome event. Or maybe you can't think of either one of those things to do, but you say, you know what, I want to support what they do. There's a table set out there for under his construction. 
and you can give a monetary donation to help with that event. Nonetheless, even if you can't be here, you can still impact that event. And I invite you to do that. I invite you to stop by that table, ask them, hey, how do I get involved? Or here's, here's a gift. I want to be involved this way because I can't be boots on the ground for whatever reason. I'm sure they won't turn it down because church, the, resource, the work is plenty and we need the resources. Amen. So we thank you for supporting that event and I hope you can make it. It's going to be August the 5th. Doors open at 5, at 5 o'clock and the show starts at 6 and there's going to be silent auction. There's going to be the comedian and I've said this ad nauseum already with pastor sonia that she doesn't do anything on a that's good enough there's good enough and then there's like great and then like a mile away is what pastor sonia does she just knocks it out of the park and so i i hope you can really 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 make that event on august the 5th we pray that you can make it amen church amen church another important thing i want to talk to you about uh is baptism and Baptism Sunday is this Sunday. Can we celebrate that as well? Because it's such an important step for our brothers and our sisters. The next step that they're making in their Christian faith is to be baptized and go public with their faith in Christ and say, hey, guess what? I am a Christian. And guess I want you guys to hold me accountable as a Christian, that I live a Christian lifestyle as well. And so, church, I invite you that maybe you're not, maybe you're not getting baptized. Maybe you've already been baptized. But even if... Even if you've been, I want you to support them by maybe sticking around after second service this Sunday and just saying, hey, I support you. I love you. I'm going to be praying for you because guess what, church? They're brand new to the faith as well. Uh, most of them are brand new to the faith and they need all the support they can get. Amen. And you and I are a pivotal part in their Christian walk. And I, I encourage you to stay behind uh, second service and, and really experience that uh, that event if you haven't done that or maybe you'd like to get baptized there's a qr code that's right behind me and maybe you just want to point your camera and 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 look at our registration portal and say i want to sign up to be baptized that's how you sign up to be baptized um and so if you want to be baptized I, I please point your camera to that qr code that's behind me or on the screen in front of you at home and register to be baptized that's going to be this sunday right after second service so church I don't want to delay this any further because, church, there is this message that's going to be a hard hitter. And tonight, I want, to, I, want to, I want to really remind you of an important resource that New Beginnings has afforded for us as, as a congregation, and that's our church app. If you don't have our church app, and it's important tonight, and really any time that we're learning, if you don't have that church app, we have our sermon notes that you can follow along. And you can add your own notes in there. Because I see a lot of people taking notes, which is great. But church, if you want to ever look back at our notes or follow along with our notes or even access the Bible, you can do that from our church app. If you just click on more at the bottom right-hand corner into worship services and you'll see sermon notes, you'll be able to follow sermon notes there as well as add your own notes in that sermon notes section. So I, I, I tell you, please, church, Take advantage of that because it's an awesome, awesome resource that we have. Amen. Church, with that, I tell you, God bless you. I love you. And church, I turn it over to Pastor Richard Mansfield. Thank you. Praise the Lord, everybody. Love you guys. I came up here because he rang the bell. I thought it was a cowbell. Orale, here I am. You know, the bull is alive. Guys, it's a joy to have you here. We are uh, in the middle of a series on the Ten Commandments, Ten Values for Strong Families. And, uh, and, and what's really funny is everyone kind of sits in the same place all the time. But right now, because we're right after we end, the children are going to come back in. And I hope you could even stay for their closing time. But... Uh, but everyone's still sitting in the same place, just four rows back. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. But guys, um, you know that we live in a day, um, I'm, de I'm, I'm dealing with a delicate subject. I'm talking about affair-proofing your marriage, how to not end up having an affair. So if there's any kids here, I'm not going to get graphic or anything, but I just want to give you a heads up. That's what I'm talking about. Because we live in a very sexual-driven world. Uh, the, the sexual revolution was in the 60s, 
where the girls were burning their bras and it was just a love fest type thing. But all they've done is every decade, it's just gotten more amped up. It's like just to sell a hamburger, they put a practically naked lady out there in a bikini. And, and it's like, is this selling hamburgers or what is it selling? And, and, and I guess people are going, where's the beef? It's like, I don't know. It's like, man. But, but it's really out of control. And so we live in a, a very sexualized world today. And, and people are going down like flies, man. That nothing more damaging than a, an affair. And I don't mean to beat up on anyone. If you've had an affair... This is, there's healing and, and get healed because a lot of people that have had affairs, they're living in such shame and guilt and, and, and then people around them beat them up and, and God has a promise for us. So I'm hoping that you'll learn how to protect your marriage, but if you fail, then how to be restored. So in the book of Exodus chapter 20, verse four, it says, you shall not commit adultery. It says, you shall not commit adultery. It says, you must not make for yourself an idol. Is that verse 4? 20 verse 4? Okay, well, then I, I wrote the wrong one down. All I know is uh, we're, we're talking about not committing adultery. And it's so important that we not commit adultery. And in the book of Hebrews, chapter 13, verse 4, it says, give honor to marriage and remain faithful to one another in marriage. God will surely judge people who are immoral and those who commit adultery. It's, it's, so it, it, God is really saying, I really want to make sure you protect your marriage. So Father, in the name of Jesus, I, I really pray healing for those that have fallen and restoration for those that have fallen and those that are married and are being tempted or those that are just really happily married and think this will never happen to me. I just pray that all of us take to heart this sermon to protect our marriage from anyone trying to tear it apart, including us. And I pray this in Christ's name, amen. You know, there's some causes of, of affairs, and, and in, in the book of Proverbs, chapter 22, verse 14, it says, the mouth of an immoral woman is a dangerous trap. It's a trap. Those who make the Lord angry will fall into it. it. They're not just blaming the woman, but they're saying that more men, they say that the average that 70% of all men have had an affair. And 45% of all women have had an affair. And it's damaging, and there's reasons for affairs. Some are just unmet needs. There's unmet needs or unfulfilled expectations. You have expectations that aren't even realistic. Oh, I want my husband to make me happy. Nobody has the power to make you happy except you. They can add to your happiness, but we can't make someone happy because if we could, we'd go around the world going, be happy. Are you with me? Come on, let's face it. There's some really grumpy people in this world. Don't you wish you could make them happy? And sometimes you're, you're there trying, 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 and it just doesn't happen. But there's unmet needs. There's, there's also unresolved conflict. This conflict that you haven't settled. I, I talked about it on Sunday if you were here, but where you shove everything under the rug, and before you know it, you have a big old mountain, and it's like, what's that? Oh, it's all the stuff we never settled. And, or, or there's the unfulfilled expectations, expecting something or wanting something that they'll never be able to deliver. It's impossible. Or you have undeveloped self-worth. You have a really poor self-esteem. So your husband or your wife says to you, oh, man, you look so pretty. Yeah, right. And you look sexy. Yeah, sure. Man, why are you looking at me like that? Because you're my wife, you're my husband, and I'm actually checking you out. That's like, yeah, right, you're probably thinking, oh, what an ugly man he is, what an ugly woman he is. You know, it's like, man, quit beating yourself and tearing down your, your marriage. So I want to give you some ways to safe-proof your marriage, how to try to protect yourself. 
how to guard yourself. And the very first thing is make a commitment to God's standards, to his standard. What is God's standard? Well, he said you must not commit adultery. Look what he says right there in Proverbs 119, verse 9. It says, how can a young person, how can a young man stay pure? And it's by obeying your word. Lord, help us, help us, help us, help us, help us. You remember if you've ever read the Bible in the Old Testament, you read the Bible and, and there's this man named Jacob who has 12 sons and, and, uh, and, and he has a son named Joseph. And he has a son named Joseph and Joseph is, is all, out of 12, he's number 11. But he's the dad's favorite. He is, and no bones about it, man. The dad's not even shy about it. He spoils him. So his other brothers, the 10 older brothers, really despised him. And all the 10 older brothers are all half-brothers. And they're so annoyed that dad gives him everything. And, oh, Joseph this and Joseph that. And, oh, shut up, Joseph. And Joseph goes out there and he says, dad, they're slacking. And he would turn him in and he'd rat on his brother's. So his brothers go, you know what, man? When Joseph comes out tomorrow, we're going to take him down. And he came out, and he had a coat of many colors. It's like, Dad didn't give me a coat. Did he give you a coat? All 10 of them are looking around, but Joseph had a new coat. So, man, you know what they did? Let's kill him. And then his older brother Reuben said, no, dude, we can't kill him. Let's just beat him up and mess him up and throw him in the well. So they beat him up, threw him in the well. Anyway, then he goes, we really can't kill him, so some gypsies are going by. Let's sell him. So they sold him. And next thing you know, Joseph is now in Egypt, and he's working for the Potiphar, and, and he is in command of everything at that man's house. And the Potiphar says, you know what? You could be at my house, but you could have anything you want in my house except my wife. Keep your hands off my wife. And, and he said, not a problem, man. I love God. I have standards that I live by, and I live off of God's word, and I won't, I won't do that. And his wife had the hots for Joseph. So she was constantly, hey, Joseph, hey, big boy. Hey, Joseph, Joseph, you're so fine, you're so fine, you blow my mind, oh, Joseph. Yeah. And finally, she, like, keeps propositioning him, and come on, let's have sex, let's go to bed together. And finally, she takes all her clothes off, and she's there, come on, Joseph, and he, I'm, I'm sure he was tempted. He's like, oh, my gosh, she's naked. And, he's, and she's saying, come on, Joseph. And he's like, oh, my gosh, I got to get out of here. And you know what he did? He ran out of there. But before he ran, she grabbed a hold of his coat because she wanted to take his clothes off. And she ended up with his coat, and he took off running. And so now she's all embarrassed, like, ah, oh, this guy rejected me. Just wait, see what happens. So she yells, rape, rape. He tried to rape me. Joseph had standards. He wanted to honor the Lord. And he ended up going to prison for something he didn't do. But God used that moment to prepare him to save an entire nation. And God put everything, because God has a way of turning the bad into good. All things work together for good to those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose in, math, in the book of Romans 8.28. And Joseph didn't cave. Sometimes it's like, oh, what do you think? What do you think? Man, man what do you, uh, my gosh, what are you going to do? She's sitting there naked. It's like, man, it was an accident. I accidentally tripped, my clothes fell off, and I went into her. Yeah, right. See, we've got to guard ourselves. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 5, verse 15, it says, drink water from your own well. Share your love with only your wife. Don't be dipping your cup in some other well. Hey, can I taste from your well? Man, that, that, don't do that. Make a commitment to God's standard of living. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to stay pure. I'm going to stay holy. And the second thing is magnify the consequences of an affair. Magnify them. 
In other words, make it even bigger than what it might be. In other words, you know what? You've got to really remember this, that we've got to really understand that the scars that an affair leave are massively, massively deep and hard to heal because the other person in the relationship or even the children or the other spouse is constantly picking at the scab. I can't believe you did that. I can't believe you cheated. I can't believe you did that to dad. I can't believe you did that to mom. I can't believe that you did that to me. We made a vow. You, you and I were husband and wife, and you cheated. And I can't believe it. And the scars are deep, and the damage is enormous. It's horrible what takes place. And that's what you've really got to think about. Because in this world, we have aggressive people. I look around and I see handsome men and pretty women in this room. And you, you're confronted in a world where they go, hey, babe, how you doing? And then you as a woman go like, oh, my gosh, I'm flattered. My husband hasn't looked at me like that in a long time. Start checking your wife out again, man. Start checking her out and go... <laughs> Because you know what? Magnify the problem. Say, you know what? If I have an affair, this is going to get, it's going to destroy our marriage. We might lose our business. I might lose our children. My children might never respect me again. My family might not respect me. Her family, his family won't respect me. I'm telling you in the book of Proverbs, chapter 6, verse 32, it says, but the man who commits adultery is an utter for it he destroys himself remember that say what's wrong with me what's wrong with me calm it down dude chill out you're ready to cross a line that you know what there might be no coming back and you won't end up with her and you won't end up with your husband or your wife you won't end up with your children you won't end up with your family, and you might lose everything. Let me tell you something. There's things that you really need to consider. You need to really consider and think, I love Jesus. I, I can't do this. I can't. I'm sorry. I can't do this. My body's saying yes, 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 but my spirit's saying no, no, no. I cannot do this. I can't cross this line. I love Jesus. I love God way too much. Look what it says in Proverbs 6, 26. For a prostitute will bring you to poverty. No, you'll lose everything. But sleeping with another man's wife will cost you your life. Your life. You'll, use your, you'll lose your wife or your husband. You'll lose your family. You can lose everything. Don't cross that line. In the book of Hebrews chapter 13, verse 4, it says... God will surely judge people who are immoral and those who commit adultery. So you've got to remember also, not only do I love my God, but I love my wife, I love my husband. What am I doing? I made a vow. Till death do us part. It's for, for better or for worse. In sickness and in health for richer, for poorer. I made a vow. I can't do this. I love my spouse. But you don't understand. My husband's sick, and because now his sickness, he's got erectile dysfunction, and we can't even... You know what? I'm really sorry you're in that situation, but there's other ways to show your love to each other. But you don't understand. My wife has been having some problems, and, and we can't have love and there's a lot of other ways to make love see don't let the devil convince you say look in your kids eyes and say i can't do that to my son or daughter they see me as a hero say god let me be the man that my son sees me as let me be the woman that god sees me as because that my children see me as. because your kids adore you in your children's eyes you could do no wrong they look at you and they go, oh, my dad's the greatest. My mom's the greatest. 
So live up to that. And another thing you need to try to remember is truly the judgment of God. He's going to judge us. He's going to judge our morality and our immorality. He's going to judge us, the good, the bad, the ugly, the whole nine yards. So magnify the consequences of an affair. Say, is this really going to be worth it? Is it really going to be worth it? And there's no thing as a one-night stand because you know what? You carry it. It's the deepest sin you could take involved because it, it's a sin against your own flesh, and you walk away with something that you can never get rid of, and usually it's shame. And God can restore you, and he can restore marriages. It takes work, but God can restore any relationship that has been breached with an affair. And he can restore you as well. He can restore you as well. And another thing, if you're going to really affair-proof your marriage, is maintain your marriage. Maintain it. There's ways you can maintain your marriage. And there's ways that you need to maintain your marriage. And, and you need to really maintain your marriage in, in a, real, a, a real, real unique way. Because you've got to understand that, that men and women are very, very different. Men, I, call, I say we're hunters. We go in like if you're shopping. We go to a store. And we walk in, and we, we, we don't look around. We don't browse, and let's get a basket and a walk and, and walk around. We go in and say, uh, hey, where's the sporting goods department? Thank you. Hey, where's the automotive department? Thank you. Hey, where's the shirts department? I, I need a white shirt. And you go, doot, 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 hunting, 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 white shirt, spot a white shirt. You go get a white shirt, and you're out of there. Women, they're, so babe, what are we here for? Oh, I need a white blouse for an outfit I have. Oh, okay. Uh, Ma'am, where do you have the white blouses? Well, let's look over here. That's children's department. Well, I was just thinking about the kids. Oh, my gosh. And then you go over here to housewares. And then you go over here, and then you never end up buying a white blouse. I thought you needed a white blouse. I changed my mind. Oh, my gosh. Women are different. Women are emotional. Women are all... Oh, oh, look how beautiful. It's like, they like movies most guys don't. And that's just the way it is. And most guys like movies that women don't. Like, I like action movies. One time my wife took me on a date. She kidnapped me. She did. She, she went to my office and she had told my secretary, make sure the rest of his day is clear. She picked me up. She goes, Richard, I really need you right now. I go, what happened? She just, please just get in the car. I got to talk to you. I'm like, wow, what happened? So I get in the car, and she drives off, and she takes me to the movies. I'm like, okay, what's so urgent about this? And then she takes me to a movie, and I, I don't remember the name of the movie. All I know is something like To Paris with Love or something. I go, I'm thinking, oh, man. And then all of a sudden we sit down and the opening scene is action-packed and it's John Travolta's in it. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I was all into the movie. And I go, I can't believe you wanted to come here, babe. You don't like these kind of movies. She goes, I know, but I know you do, and I love you. And I was all, orale, baby. Yeah. And so sometimes I watch movies that she really likes. God, help me get through this movie. But I try not to be a whiner, and let's watch this movie. The other night, she walked in. I called her, and I go, hey, Cindy, come into the den real quick. Like, And I had a movie all set, ready to go. She walked in, and she sat down, and I hit play. And she goes, are they showing that now? I go, yeah, I thought you might want to see it. Really? You want, will you stay here with me? I go, yeah, babe, I'm right here. I even got us some popcorn, and I got you a bottled water for me, and, and we're going to watch this. You go, oh, my gosh, this is awesome. And, I'm, and, I, and I saw the whole movie. I didn't fall asleep once, not even twice. But hear me, just do what it takes to maintain your movie, your, your, movie, your marriage. <laughs> 
In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 3, it says, The husband should fulfill his wife's sexual needs, and the wife should fulfill her husband's needs. Now, the problem sometimes is that men seem to have more of a sexual appetite than women do. Because if you ask a man, what day of the week do you like to have sex on? Most men will say the day that ends with a Y. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you know? And a woman will say, um, the day that ends with not today. <laughs> so you got to find that blend. Men are completely different. Women are completely different. We've got to understand that. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 5, it says, do not deprive each other of sexual relations unless you both agree to refrain from sexual intimacy for a limited time so that you give yourselves more completely to prayer. Afterwards, you should come together again so that Satan won't be able to tempt you because you lack self-control. So what it's saying there is don't use sex as manipulation. Like, hey, hey, hon, can we have sex tonight if you cut the grass? Hey, hon, can we have sex tonight if you make dinner? It's like, don't do those foolish things. That's saying if you have a situation that you really need to spend time in prayer, maybe you're having problems at work, or maybe you're having problems in your marriage, or maybe you're having problems with the children, or whatever. It's like, you know what? Let's not have sex right now. We need to focus on this problem. Spend time in prayer. After you the prayer, then say, now let's celebrate. Amen. God said, hallelujah, let's do it. But not to be crude, but in other words, Maintain your marriage. Do whatever you can to maintain it. Have beautiful evenings. Like, I like cooking. I, I do the cooking at my house. So, and a while back, I, I had never made lobster tails, and I, I made lobster tails, steak and lobster, and all this fancy stuff that I learned on TikTok. And... <laughs> yeah, I, I use TikTok recipes. <laughs> and, and I made this big old dinner, and I go, hey, babe, come on. I'm going to make us a real fancy dinner. So while I was cooking, when I walked into the den, I mean the dining room, oh, my gosh, you should have seen the dining room was made beautifully, and she had candles burning, and she, I was like, oh, man. We're going to have dinner and maybe something afterwards, you know? Have some dessert. Get your mind out of the gutter. <laughs> but maintain what you have. God has given you this amazing man, this amazing woman that you chased and chased and chased and you finally caught. Now you're like, eh. Maybe like a fish, I can throw it back. No, you can't. You can't. Don't do that. And another thing you need to do is manage your mind. Manage the mind. We, we put too much stupid stuff in our head. Guys, we, we listen. Some of the music today is, like, outrageous. Man, like, when we have a wedding or a funeral, I have to tell families, hey, it has to be appropriate music. And I tell them straight out, no bump and grind and nothing gang banging and on and on. Because you know what? It's happened. They're, they're walking up the aisle to bump and grind. I'm like, I'm sorry. You've got to stop the music. I'm sorry. This is the house of God. Respect it. So, but respect each other. Because you listen to that stuff and it puts images in your head. Just like that crazy little song. Ooh, look at that. Susie, Susie, she's so fine, she's so fine, she blows my mind. I see. Remember that song way back in the day? Get it out of your mind now. <laughs> but see, it messes with us. 
we start doing things we shouldn't do. So affairs happen not by just, look, people don't wake up and go, hmm, I think I'm going to go have an affair today. No, it, it, it develops over time. First, it's by accepting sinful thoughts in your mind. You just start watching movies or you're watching material. You shouldn't, books, you're reading, magazines. You're just entertaining your mind with unhealthy thoughts. It, they're not healthy. And you're listening to them and you play it over and over in your head. And before you know it, you're accepting these thoughts. Look, look what it says in the book of Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9. It says, the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? It's saying, don't you understand? You might be thinking right now, we've never had an affair. We won't have an affair. Our marriage is tight. I'm glad to hear that. But the devil's a liar and he comes and deceives you. And before you know it, you start having thoughts. I was talking to a couple the other day and and the woman has really been dealing with some jealousy. But then 10 minutes later, she goes, well, I, I don't care if he looks as long as he doesn't touch. I'm like, oh, shut up. You're having a fit that he's looking. Do you hear what I'm saying? Don't get into that foolishness. The Bible says if you even look upon a woman with adultery in your heart, you've already committed it. So you might be thinking, there's a different thing with a, a quick gaze and go, wow, what a beautiful woman. What a handsome man. Dun, dun, it's over. It's over. But then there's some people that look and they're like, oh, my gosh. It's like, man, ladies, you know when a man is creeping you out, don't you? You're like, oh, my gosh, they're making me even feel filthy, you jerk. But some of you ladies kind of give the same kind of look to some men sometimes. Keep your heart pure. Quit accepting these sinful thoughts. Another thing we do is we have an emotional but non-physical involvement. So we get emotional with people. You're at the break room or something. And you're just you're just coworkers or friends, you're just talking. And so, hey, man, why do you look so bummed out, Mark? Oh, no, nothing, man, nothing. And she's real nice to you, and you go, nothing, nothing, Mary. I, I just, I don't know, I'm just a little bummed. But no, really, Mark, is everything okay? Oh, man, me and Susie been at it. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. And then he leaves and goes, man, that Mary sure is nice. I wish my wife was nice like that. Oh, that Mark sure is nice. I wish my husband was like that. And now you start this little emotional thing. Well, I wonder if I get to see Mark today. I wonder if I get to see Mary. Oh, Mary, there you are. Oh, Mark, you know what? I was thinking about you, and I, I packed a few more extra cookies. You want some cookies? We have coffee and cookies. Oh, that's nice. That's not a sin. But now some weird thoughts are getting in your head. And then all of a sudden you reach over and you've never had a lustful heart for him or for her, but they're hurting and you reach over and you pat them on their hand and all of a sudden you go, wow, I never noticed how soft her skin is. And she goes, I never noticed how rugged his hands are. And boom, man, the, Satan's got you. He's starting to mess with you. He's starting to put thoughts in your head that you have no business having because you went from accepting these unhealthy thoughts to now emotional thoughts and now physical thoughts. And then before you know it, you start rationalizing the affair. Well, God, my husband hasn't even noticed me in forever. I even dyed my hair purple and he didn't notice. I even shaved off all my hair. She didn't even flinch. Man, we haven't made love in six months. We haven't this way. And before you know it, you talk yourself that your sin is God understands it. So God's going, yeah, you're right. You know what? Don't worry about it. I understand. No. 
God says no. In the book of James, chapter 1, verse 14 and 15, it says temptation comes from our own desires which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful action. And when we sin, when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. And don't let it kill you. In the book of 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22, it says, run away from that. Run away from anything that stimulates youthful lust. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. Enjoy the champion, uh, the compassion, rather, the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure heart. So it's like, quit chasing after, oh, but, oh, you don't understand. They got me going so much. I just had to go take advantage of the moment. No, you're going to take advantage of your deaths. The book of Romans, chapter 16, verse 19, it says, but everyone knows that you are obedient to the Lord. This makes very, uh, me very happy. And I want you to be wise in doing right and to stay innocent of any wrong. Paul is saying, keep up the good work. Don't cave in. And then what you need to do if you're going to safeguard yourself from having an affair is maintain proper relationships. And if you don't want to get stung by bees, stay away from them. Stay away from them. And co-workers and friends are the number one affairs that people have. People they work with or people that they're just close friends with. So you got to choose your friends wisely. Look, if you're going to maintain a proper relationship, don't listen to a member of the opposite sex tell you his or her marital problem. So if you have a friend that's a man and you're a woman, or you have a friend that's a woman and you're a man, don't be sharing your marital problems with each other. Because before you know it, you go, he's so understanding, she's so understanding. Oh, my gosh. I wish my wife was like that. I think, well, I wish I had her as my wife. I wish I had him as my husband. And before you know it, you're thinking really dumb thoughts. Another thing you need to maintain is women don't go fishing for compliments. Don't go fishing for compliments. I know you might not be getting them at home. It's hard. And men, wake up. Give your wife compliments. Now, ladies, it's hard sometimes when all you are is beating them up and nagging at them and saying how much of an idiot he is. He doesn't feel like saying, man, you look beautiful, babe. He's like, yeah, right, real beautiful. Like, ugh, I hate the way you treat me. But when you treat them nice, men say, babe, I love you. You look so wonderful. Ladies, tell your man, wow, you look so handsome. And you look so good. I love you. Pay each other compliments. But ladies, don't go around fishing for compliments. Because I'm telling you, men will give them to you. And before you know it, you're going to be wanting more and more and more. And before you know it, you're going to cross the line that you're going to regret. Safeguard your marriage. Maintain healthy relationships, proper relationships. Another thing is be aware of of a sense of electricity between you and a member of the opposite sex. You know that there are certain moments when, man, there's like some sparks happening. I don't mean fighting. I just mean like, wow, man, I think she likes me. That's kind of weird. He knows I'm married. I know she's married. Man, I think he likes me. Man, my husband hasn't looked at me like that in a long time. My wife hasn't looked at me like that in a long time. And wow, you know what? Be aware of that. And if, you, if that's happening, take five steps back and say, I'm sorry, man. I need to put some distance between us. Also, avoid prolonged stares. Again, like I say, you might look, but... You know when you're flirting with somebody, you look, and they finally catch you looking, and you're like, hey, hey, what's up? How you doing? What's up? Hey, hey, hey. Yeah. 
Don't, don't be foolish. Don't do that. And avoid lingering touch. There's nothing wrong with a hug or a handshake or even holding somebody when they're hurting. But not holding them. And, oh, gosh, you're just so soft. Man, don't be doing that. Put boundaries. And then just remember what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 3. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. And the very last thing, the last thing we need to remember is minimize the opportunity for having an affair. Minimize the opportunity. In other words, don't put yourself in situations you're going to regret. So minimize the opportunity. Don't be alone with a woman that you might be in a situation that is like, uh-oh, this is not good because, man, I'm alone with this woman and she looks so amazing. And, man, she smells so good. And, wow, we rubbed arms and she feels so nice. And, oh, my gosh, or, oh, my gosh, this man is so handsome. He's so rugged. And, wow, I, I see the way he looked at me, and, e man, don't do that. Minimize the situation. I say, okay, I better not put myself in that situation because I caught him looking at me, and I kind of got thrilled about it, and it, I got thrilled about it to the point that I might do something stupid. So I need to do an about face and go the other way. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12, it says, if you think that you're standing strong, Man, be careful not to fall. And that's what happens a lot of times. I'm doing good now. I'm doing good. I've said this before. Anyone in any kind of a program, they go, I'm doing good. I'm doing fine. I'm doing good. I've been clean now for four months. I'm good. I'm good. I don't need to be here anymore. And then you go out and your family's all happy. Oh, you, so, you look so good here. Let's have a beer together. Oh, my gosh. And you crash and burn. Or here, let's smoke a, a joint together. Or, or let's, or let's, or let's. And, and, and you crash and burn. It's no different when, with sexual sin. I mean, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33, it says, don't be fooled by those who say such things for bad company corrupts good character. Guard your heart, guard your heart, guard your heart. Because it's deceitful. It'll hurt. Look, your husband or your wife might have failed in your marriage. Don't throw your marriage away. Work at making it work. And don't label them, you adulteress, you adulterer. Man, don't do that. Say, my husband sinned, he fell, and he sinned. My wife sinned, she fell, and she sinned. And you know what? The Bible says that for all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We just have sinned different ways. But let God restore you. Let God heal you. In the book of Malachi, chapter 2, verse 15, it says, Didn't the Lord make you one? with your wife, in body and spirit, you are his. And what does he want? Godly children from your union. Your, so guard your heart, remain loyal to your wife of your youth. So he's saying, man, don't be drifting away. Don't be drifting away. Because it happens, and before you know it, you're in the darkness, and you're like, what happened to me? I don't even know how I got here. I didn't plan on hurting my wife. I didn't plan on hurting my husband. I didn't plan on messing up. Did I even hurt me? So how do we get back? How do we get back to making things right? Well, first, acknowledge your sin. Don't make excuses for it. Well, I ended up looking because you don't ever do anything for me. 
You don't pleasure me anymore. You don't, you don't, you don't, you don't, you know what? If there's an issue in your home, address it right away. Talk about it. Get counseling if you need to. Do whatever you need to to heal the situation and bridge the gap. Don't let the gaps get even further and further away. Acknowledge your sin. Hey, I blew it. I messed up. In the book of Psalms 51, verse 1 through 4, it says, Have mercy on me, O God, because you were, because of your unfailing love, because of your great compassion, blot out the stain of my sins. Wash me clean. Wash me clean from my guilt and purify me of my sin. For I recognize my rebellion. It haunts me day and night. Against you and you alone have I sinned. I have done what is evil in your sight. You will be proven right in what you say, and your judgment against me is just. So admit your situation. Acknowledge it. And then end the relationship immediately. Don't go one more for the road. And, well, uh, we got caught. I need to meet with them to explain to them what's going on. I don't want them to think I don't like them. No, you need to break it off. But oh, maybe we could just do one more. Come on, for old time's sake. Just, we could put it in our memory banks. Oh, don't do that. And then last, avoid contact with that person. Avoid contact from now on. So even if you have to find a another job. You might have to find another church. If you had it there, you might have to find another baseball league. Or wherever you met that person, you got to cut off seeing that person again because I'm telling you, your husband or wife will always see them and think, oh, what, are you, you plan to meet here? So if you show up at a steakhouse and they're there, make a U-turn and go to another steakhouse. Or wherever you are. If you're at Bob's Burger and they're in line, go to another Bob's Burger. Just don't put yourself in a situation that's going to aggravate it. Guys, I really want to encourage you all to have strong marriages. Marriage is one of the greatest things you'll ever embark upon, but it's also one of the hardest things. Because you're dealing with a man or a woman that sometimes is nothing but a grown-up brat. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for everyone in this room today. Those that are married, that you strengthen their marriage. Those that have crossed the line, that you heal the wounds. Those that are considering it, that, Lord, they would stop entertaining those unhealthy thoughts. Lord, I pray you heal the, the, the damage that has been done to children and to family members. Restore the family members. Restore the home and make things right. Father God, there's great things ahead. And Lord, with you, we could do all things because we could do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So strengthen our marriage, strengthen our relationships, strengthen our home, and make us one with you and with each other. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. We love you, church. We're going to have... We're going to have the kids come in now. And I hope that you can stay for it. If you do have to leave, I understand. But watch your way out because the kids are going to come in. So a few of you I know are on time restraints. And you got to get going. Thank you for being here tonight. We love you. Now you're going to get a picture.